Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiny East Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show Season 3, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We're going to go ahead and talk about movies, TV, and read some fiction. If you want to get hold of the show, you can go ahead and go to Facebook.com, Aaron's Horror Show, or you can go to Twitter.com, Aaron Horror Show, or you can go ahead and send us an email at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com. Uh, you can also go ahead and support the show by going to Patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the show. Thank you for listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. we got some more Orion for you today. But before I start, I'm almost done. Orion's almost over, which means that it's going to be time for a new book. So I'm kind of looking to see what you uh, would like to listen to next. i got some potential candidates in line. So uh, the first uh, candidate that I have is... Uh, you know, it's it's a comedy. It's a it's a fantasy comedy, uh, and I, I don't know why, but I, I thought this was just the funniest idea to me. But basically, the premise is a uh, you know Sauron, the the big evil from the Lord of the Rings, is is locked in the tower with his mom. Uh, you know, so I thought that would be kind of funny to explore that idea. Uh, that that story, I'm kind of still in the middle of writing. I'm only eight chapters in, but if I start reading it on the show. Uh, it's going to be kind of like Tuners, where uh, Tuners, I kind of wrote the first book on this show and, and uh, you know, wasn't finished by the time I started reading it. So it gives me motivation to kind of finish. Uh, the next thought is I can read you my Time Burrito series. That's also a comedy, but it's science fiction. The premise is a guy looks for the perfect uh, breakfast burrito by uh, traveling through time. Uh, it's actually... Probably my most popular book on Amazon, so it's the one that people seem to like the most. It has the most reviews, most reads, most of everything. So it, it wins in all categories. And then finally, last but not least, uh, there's a series on Amazon that I've been writing for a while now. Uh, it's kind of a, a hard science fiction series, so it's it's really 
you know, it's very serious. It's not, it's not like the two books that I just mentioned, which are going to be comedies uh, as well as other genre. Like one's a sci-fi comedy, other's a fantasy comedy. Uh, this next one that I was thinking about reading uh, is a sci-fi series that I've been writing for a while now. I think I wrote the first one in 2013, if I remember correctly. But it's, it's a series of short stories and I just released book eight in the series, so I, I, it's really been a long project. I'm nowhere near finished with it, uh, but you know that's probably some of my best stuff too. Uh, people really seem to dig that sci-fi series. Uh, you know that that series just kind of like, you know, like like you know when you're a writer and you're and you're doing this kind of stuff, you have to really promote yourself and really. Uh, kind of just stick to it just to get anywhere, you know what I mean? So you really, you know, got to promote anything or else it just disappears. There's just too many books on Amazon, you know? Uh, and that series I've done very little promotion on yet. It always seems to to have people reading it, selling copies, reviewing it, you know? No, not, not, not as much as Time Burrito, of course, but I'm, I am surprised that, that people seem to really like it. Uh, so maybe I thought you guys would like it too, especially because... I've been getting a lot of good comments about this current part of the story of Orion where it gets kind of science fiction-y, and I would definitely say that there's a, a parallel to that sci-fi series. So anyways, uh, let me know. You could comment on Facebook, my Twitter. Uh, you could send me in an email, uh, you know, Aaron's Horror Show at Gmail, uh, and just say, hey, fantasy, comedy sci-fi, or just plain sci-fi. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll read it. I'll read it. Uh, yeah, I got some horror stories, too. I know, it's Aaron's Horror Show, and I got horror stories, too, but uh, I'm in the mood to read one of those other ones. Uh, so, yeah, uh, pick between those three, and I'll be happy to do what you all want. With that being said, without further ado, Orion. Since anyone with any authority would have died during the attack, and I had the plan to survive, it made me the leader of the campaign. Get the hell out of here. GHOH was in an incremental war on a planet overrun by aliens. We weren't considered by the bugs to be too big of a threat, so they never sent in their full forces. But they also didn't make life easy for us. In this life, I couldn't take the most direct path to Princess and fight the battle over and over. I only had one shot, so I took it slow. Our recon team came back with horrifying images of the city. The purple goop covered every surface. Alien structures implanted themselves like a wild jungle. Some were attached to buildings, others were on the ground, and some smashed through the human stuff to make way for alien invaders. There were droves and all sorts of bugs in the city. They were patrolling the streets and looking for stray humans. The ones unlucky enough to survive the first wave were turned into mindless worker hybrids. They were endlessly extracting the planet's resources and feeding them to the swarm. The goop would grow and take over the territory as the bugs expanded beyond anyone's imagination. The recon team also came back with pictures of the building Stabby had described. There were tall cylinders with chambers on all sides. People were being stuffed inside the cells and would claw their way out looking like Stabby. There was a backlog of people waiting to be processed so there were holding pens for captured people near each tower. I placed my bets on Princess being in one of those pens. However, we were too small of a force to be even think about raiding the pens. 
First, we needed to expand our operations. We grew a force through a series of missions. Our first mission was bailing out another group of survivors and joining forces with them. They had massive artillery, so we gained something that could take care of those caterpillars. And that's how GHOH went. We would take one small victory after another. Sometimes it was gathering resources and new units. Other times it was saving civilians. There was even times where winning was just not dying. We even traveled through a canyon while the Million Bug March went overhead. We hid every so often and fought off the ones that would fall into the ravine, and then take off at full speed to a place where we could hide while another large part of the swarm passed. That was the key to our survival. We always kept ourselves on the move. We never set up a base camp for the bugs to attack. We moved everything, including the transports full of civilians, every time we walked. The bugs weren't good trackers, so long as we didn't stay in one place for too long. We only stopped in a place long enough to sleep, and sometimes we'd have to pack up in the middle of the night to avoid an assault. I was thankful that this life had a reliable day and night schedule, even if it was 44 hours. Our most significant breakthrough was when we found a functioning field air support port. It was a mobile base that could launch fighters and other support ships. They were single pilot craft, so we couldn't use them to evacuate, but it was helpful to have something that could take out the enemy flyers that would otherwise crush our defenses. After many long, arduous battles, we finally had an advantage the IF didn't have when the bugs first arrived. We were a tight unit. Whereas most of the forces were scattered during the first wave, we had time to organize, strategize, and plan. We learned their weaknesses and strengths. Each time we encountered a new bug unit we had never seen, we discussed and talked about what we had observed. We were learning to fight them. We were a force to be reckoned with, and soon the human pockets of resistance gathered under our banner. Our last mission would be to liberate the camps of people waiting to be transformed and make our way to the old spaceport. However, Hopefully we could take off before the wrath of the bug army would rain down upon us. On go day, my commanding officers implored me not to suit up for this one, but rather hang back and coordinate the battle. I ignored them and donned my power armor. I was heading to the front line. I wasn't going to be a relicus and sit by while other people did the dying. My decision also had the bonus of allowing me to save the princess myself. We were camped in a dead part of the city that hadn't been infested yet. However, there was evidence of the battle that occurred when the city fell. Bodies were left to bake in the desert sun. Broken pods and dead bugs were also left behind. Buildings and life support shelters were cracked. The foliage that survived on city water was shriveled and dead. It was more of a wasteland than a desert. The mission was three-pronged. A small group was sent out to the old spaceport to fight off the bugs and ready the transports. Then there was a ground group of every type of equipment imaginable to liberate the camps, and finally we had a group of fighters and even a few bombers at this point for air support. This was shaping up to be the most massive battle since the fall of the city. The map of the area appeared on my HUD. I could call out orders and while I fought and could tell units to reposition themselves if needed. I ordered the attack to begin and our tanks went first. They set up on a freeway overpass with a clear sightline to the Bug City. There was a cluster of forces on the right flank, next to some defensive buildings with vicious tendrils that could shred infantry to bits and shoot spores at the fighters. The tanks made short work of their defenses, and the Bugs burst into purple-crusted slag. Mechs went next, 
The bugs' first response to any threat was sending the critters and the purple pod bugs. The mechs could take out the purple pod bugs in a fight, but the critters would run up to the electronics and disable the mechs. Infantry could use flame units to keep the critters at bay, but then they would be crushed by the purple pod bugs. A scientist we saved from a deep research station figured out how to electrify the mechs, and the critters were zapped as soon as they tried to climb up the machines. With the purple pod bugs occupied, grenade bikes sped into the city. The goop would have dissolved their tires had we not found a stash of acid-resistant ones used in the deep earth mines. The bikers drove through the western edge and threw bombs into the hatcheries to prevent new units from spawning. The infantry ran past the mechs and into the city. We had to fend off critters and humans that were already turned. The bat creatures were called into the scene and began to make short work of the grenade bikes. I called in air support and the battle took to the skies. Each marine unit was assigned one cage. I picked the one that I thought would most likely be holding Princess. I came up to an old post office that was covered in goop. Our armor was already acid-proof, so we had no trouble moving around. On the other side, I heard something breathing. It was a large, labored sound. I ordered my unit to stop, and I sent a drone to look around the corner. There was a giant creature. It was one I had never seen before. It was several stories high and had a bulbous body. One of the caterpillars was being birthed from it. I called in a strike for my tanks, and a volley pulverized the creature before the caterpillar could come out. I sent the drone around the corner again and saw a stockpile of planetary bombardment pods that had carried the bug troops into the city. They were piled two stories high and went back as far as the eye could see. One of them cracked and others followed suit. Be too easy to believe that they were empty. I ordered the team to double time into the cages. A minimal complement guarded the encampment. There were a few transformed humans and some critters. We wasted them. My explosive tech put a charge on the cage and told the civilians to stand back. The cage door blew and the people flooded out. They were thankful we came to help them. Princess wasn't with them. She must be one in one of the other cages. Hopefully the other units got back to the old spaceport. The eggs that were hatching must have finished the job because behind us could only describe as a purple tidal wave of alien life flooding the city. They filled the streets, skittering up the buildings and crawling over each other. Move! Now! I yelled at my troops and our liberated civilians ran through the city. I ordered a bomber strike on the building and it collapsed in front of the tidal wave and slowed it down. Bugs jumped from the structures as we ran. We gunned down as many as we could, but I lost track of people and some civilians too. We took an alternate route to the old spaceport because we were cut off from the rest of the assault. The battle above was in full swing. One of the fighters crashed in the street in front of us and we had to switch routes again. One of the bug birds crashed into the building, and we had to shield the civilians from the glass. A mech tore through the streets, locked in a struggle with a purple pod bug. We ran hard and fought well. However, we eventually came to a dead end. There was a massive metal wall between the old spaceport and us. I called in my tanks and my air support to take it out, but there was no response. The tidal wave of creatures was fast approaching. Life 4 was a good life. Had I lived longer, than I had in any of my life before. It was a shame I'd never see Princess again. No sooner did I think of her when I heard two loud concussive blasts. The wall came crumbling down on the other side. It was Princess. See, she, she wasn't a refugee trapped in some cage, but in her full power armor. She also had amassed a sizable force too. Two of her tanks fired again and blew the buildings around the horde to slow it down. What, Kaylee said. He thought I wasn't going to stage my own campaign, too? How did you survive? I asked. 
Our faces were still the ones in the odd contemporary settings. I found grenades aren't good for bug digestion. Now come on, let's get to the hoppers. We fought our way to the spaceport. With our combined forces, we were able to keep the horde at bay, but not stop it. By the time we got to the launch pads, some hoppers were already taking off with groups that had arrived fast. I had given orders to let them launch as soon as they were full. We bounded towards a few of the remaining hoppers. The tidal wave overwhelmed the defenses, and the spaceport was turning purple. We stripped off our armor as we ran. Other soldiers abandoned their mechs and tanks to run for the hoppers. The engines were roaring and the people were scrambling aboard. We jumped in the hopper right as it took to the sky. The wave of bugs cracked below us and they clawed at us as we lifted off. Another hopper wasn't so lucky and disappeared in a sea of purple. A few of the remaining fighters flew in formation around us, picking off the birds. We dodged through the unfriendly skies and eventually popped out in space. The soldiers took a looser formation around us and everyone cheered. People patted me on the back and congratulated me. I had finally done it! I made it out alive with the princess! I turned to Kaylee with a big grin on my face. She said, that was fun. Let's do it again. Alright. That is uh, Orion. So yeah, tune in uh, next time for more Orion. And thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to let me know what you want to hear next. Because, uh, yeah, I do this all for you. All right. Thank you.